We are going to dive in. We're a little earlier than normal. We don't have worship today. Um, half the team's gone. So we are going to get into the message, and then you guys will probably get out a little early today. So, um, But again, just to reiterate from last week, if you were not here, you did not um, hear from us or uh, everything that's going on. Um, Shannon and I will be here uh, this week, obviously, and then next week, and then we will be gone after that. So if you have any questions, you want to talk to us, you want to sit down with us, um, please come find us. But we've had a joy and an honor leading you guys these past four years, and so we just want to um, honor these last couple of weeks. So if you have anything, um, please come find us, let us know, and we'll, we'd love to talk to you. And next week... Um, We'll have a lot of fun. So just to reiterate that from last week, if you were not here, did not know. So we are going to dive in. Um, I forgot to hook up my computer, so I'm going to hook that up real quick. To my favorite verse, this is what we're going to look at today. It's my favorite verse, Deuteronomy 4.24. So if you want to turn there, that's the only verse we're going to look at today. But I think uh, this verse says a lot. As we looked last week at Psalm 23, I think when we looked at Psalm 23, you get an amazing picture of who this Jesus guy really is. There's all these different kind of qualities and characteristics of Jesus, that he's this good shepherd and he's going to be there through the tough times and he's going to lead you down the path of righteousness. All these different things you can listen to last week's if you want to hear it. But I think this week, just this one verse has been such a challenging thing in my life that I just think it's a great thing to share. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if you've ever in your life been jealous of somebody. You know, maybe they were better at something than you were, or they had different maybe clothes or stuff that you didn't have, and so you were a little jealous that they had these things. I've got plenty of people, that's maybe not a thing you want to boast, but I've got plenty of people that I've been jealous of in my lifetime. Uh, one of these guys, he's one of my good friends, I've talked about him a little bit before, but his name is Jake. Um, I'm not going to say anything bad, so I'll say his name, but, but Jake is one of my good friends that I've known uh, pretty young because he lived close to, to my cousins growing up, and so I got to know him a little bit. And then when we moved to Ashland in 2006, I kind of got to know him more, and we've been friends ever since. He's the same age as me. Um, but one thing you need to know about Jake is that he doesn't have a whole lot of friends, and so one of his main outlets is video games. And Jake is just naturally very good at all video games. I, I don't know what it is, but like when he sits down to play, if we find a new game that's out or uh, a popular game, it's like, hey, let's jump on here and play this. He gets on Fortnite, he's got like 20 kills. Or gets on Call of Duty and he's ending the game with like 80, 80 90 kills. It's like, that's just how he is. He's naturally very good at it. And, and being somebody, if you don't know much about the Enneagram, I'm a three, and what threes on the Enneagram are all about is they want to be the top performer, an overachiever. They want to be the best. And so that's very hard for me when I sit down and play with him because when I sit down and play, I want to be the best at whatever game we're playing. Yet every time we play, 
he's better than me. It's very rare he's either got to be sick, has a headache, or is basically asleep for me to be better than him in even just one game. And so I get jealous a lot because I sit down to play and he's doing better than me. Somebody else, two people that I also was very jealous of growing up uh, were both my, my older sister and my younger brother. And why was I so jealous? I was uh, 21 and still at home. That's not a bad thing, but I was 21 still at home. And what I was so jealous about is my brother graduates high school and about a year after he graduates high school, not even a year quite, he gets married. And then my older sister had been dating her husband uh, the last two years of high school, and then they dated a little bit out of high school and got married fairly quickly as well. And so I'm the, mid- the middle one that's supposed to get married, if you want to go in order, after my sister, and now I'm 21, at home, don't have a relationship, and I look around and I go, I'm watching my siblings mature, I'm watching my siblings move on in life and grow up and be adults, and yet I'm still almost in a sense like a child. I'm at home. I got no relationship. I'm just going to work, living my life, doing whatever I want. And it was a little bit of jealousy that starts bubbling up inside of me. And so I don't know if you've had people like that in your life where where you've looked at them and, and you're jealous at the way that they do life. Jealous that they're better than you maybe at a sport or or just a skill. Or you're jealous of a relationship. And I think oftentimes, which, which makes sense, when we use this word jealousy, there's kind of this connotation that it's bad. And it is. But I think there's the other side that we'll see in Deuteronomy 4.24, that jealousy in the sense of how God looks at it in this verse can be a good thing. It's kind of this righteous anger, this righteous jealousy that he has for us. And so I I would challenge you as we start to look at this verse here in a second, that you would see who this God really is. Like if if there's something I can tell you that I think is one of the most important things is to begin to understand who God really is and what he really wants from us. Because I think we so often get that mixed up and confused. And so when we're trying to walk in this relationship, we don't have a full picture of who this God really is or what this is supposed to be all about. And so we're just kind of walking through it because we're told to walk through it or because it's the right thing to do. But in reality, at some point, each and every one of you is going to have to make the decision, is this something I'm going to do with my life? Like at some point, you guys are going to be adults and you're going to grow up and you've either got to make this faith your own or you've got to leave it behind. And if there's anything I can tell you just with my own story and experiences, that Jesus truly is the only thing that can satisfy. You can go out if you want and you can try all the things the world says are very pleasurable. Okay, I'm going to go party with the popular people. I'm going to, you know, sleep with somebody outside of marriage. I'm going to, you know, fill in the blank with whatever you think that thing is going to help you. And it's not worth it. And so if you want to go down that road, that's fine. You're going to come out with a lot of pain, a lot of scars. And so I challenge you now to start wrestling in this relationship. Is this something I'm truly all in on? 
Because we can't just go to church every week and say, this is what I believe in, and if I just magically show up, I'm going to magically love Jesus. It's not how it works. Because I can tell you from this verse, he is so in love with you. He is so in love with you and wants a relationship with you so badly that he gets jealous when you turn to other things. And so I hope as you continue on in your life and in your journey, you're wrestling with these questions. That that you're trying to understand, do I truly believe this? Because it can't just be your parents' faith. It's got to be yours. Some of you are on that older end of the spectrum and you've graduated and you're heading off to the next chapter in life and some of you are getting to that point. You're going to either go off to college or maybe eventually you're going to get in the workforce and eventually find your own place. Maybe you're going to get married. Your mom's not going to be there. Your dad's not going to be there to say, hey, did you go to church this week? Hey, did you open your Bible? Hey, did you listen you know, to any good messages? Did you listen to any worship music? Like, Those aren't the things that make us a Christian, but nobody's going to be there to kind of tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? And let's be honest, in our own lives, with any relationship, we don't want people to tell us what to do in a relationship. I don't want my parents coming to me and saying, hey, Taylor, I just wanted to see if you'd taken Shannon out on a date anytime recently. Or, hey, Taylor, have you said anything nice to your wife or maybe told her to go enjoy herself while you, you know, take care of the kids and she can go get her nails done or get her hair done, whatever she wants to do. Like, have you done that recently, Taylor? Like, I don't want my parents telling me what to do in my relationship. And I think when it comes to your spiritual relationship with the Father... You, you've got to have a desire that wells up within you that says, I want to do this. Not because I'm forced to, not because I have to, but because it's everything to me. You have a jealous God. And we'll see that here in a moment. So if you want to turn to there, if you're not there, it'll be up here on the screen. It's, I don't know, maybe it's been up on the screen. Um, I forgot the clicker. Seth's back there probably clicking with it. Um, it's the only slide I got. But I think as we look at this verse, I want to unpack this idea for the next few moments called, that I'm calling the way it's meant to be. The way it's meant to be. So this is what Deuteronomy 4.24 is. You want to keep that in the back of your head just for Taylor trivia any time. Um, this is my favorite verse. And this is what it says. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. Or I like some translations. I don't don't know which translations I've seen before, but I love other translations say, the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Now, you need to understand within this context, if you want to go back a little bit in Deuteronomy 4.24, I'm not going to read the entire, um, or Deuteronomy 4, I'm not going to read all of 4, but what the context is, is Moses is talking to the people of Israel. And he's talking to them, basically in a general sense, about idols. If you don't know what idols are, it's basically this idea that I put something more important in my life than God. 
So maybe that's sports for you. Maybe that's academics for you. Maybe that's a relationship with you. Maybe that's friendships for you. So, so he's talking to all these people. Imagine, you know, I'm Moses up here talking to God's people, and he's trying to tell them that idols aren't going to satisfy and that part of the reason he's not going into the promised land is because of an idol, a golden calf that was made chapters before, and so now he's not going to be able to step foot in the promised land, which was what he was called to do because of a dumb decision, because of putting something more important in, your, in his life. And so I don't know about you, but I think we can often stick things in our lives a little bit higher than God because of that's how we feel or we feel like that's the most important thing or it makes us feel worth something. And so I'm going to just kind of scoot this up a little bit higher than God because it's what I feel. And so Moses is trying to warn the people, idols are not the solution. And then this verse comes along as he's talking to him. Again, I'm just paraphrasing. I'm not getting every little detail, so you have to go back and, and, and read it all. But that's kind of the general sense. And then this verse comes up. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. So as you put that into context, it makes a little more sense. The, the people, he's trying to warn them, don't put things in front of God. Don't make things more important than God. Idols are not the solution and the satisfaction in life. God is, and just so you know, God is a jealous God. He desperately wants a relationship with you because he, that's the way it was meant to be. Go back to Genesis chapter 3, or chapter 1, as he creates male and female, and they're walking in the garden with him, day in and day out, having conversation with him, being in a relationship. That's what we were designed for, was a relationship. And I guarantee if in any of your relationships, if somebody puts something a little more important than you in that relationship, you'd probably get a little jealous. Like even, just for example, if, if Shannon in our marriage put our kids kind of above me in our relationship, I'd get a little jealous. I'd get a little frustrated. I'd get a little annoyed. Because yes, kids are a blessing. Our kids are amazing. But at the same time, we got married before the kids. Because we felt a connection. We felt that this was our relationship that we wanted to pursue the rest of our lives. And so if she puts something in above our relationship, it gets a little frustrating. And so often in our lives, this is what happens with God, is that he's waiting there for you to walk through this life in a relationship, to show you his love, to show you his care, to show you his forgiveness, because that's the way it was meant to be. And yet we're putting things above him. 
we're putting these idols that we say, well, God, I want you, but at the same time, I think if I put my school up there with you as well, then I'll be satisfied. Or God, I, I still want to go to church and be in a relationship with you, but this relationship that I have here on earth is so much more important, and so I got to put this alongside our relationship, and God's over here getting jealous in a good way because he deserves that respect. He's holy. He's almighty. He's the biggest thing in the universe. And yet, how big he is, he wants an intimate relationship with you. That's what blows my mind. Like, we're talking about the God that parted the Red Sea. Like, we talk about that in church, and we're like, well, you know, he parted the Red Sea. Like, understand, you've probably been to the ocean. Like, imagine the, wall, the water just going like this on its sides, forming these kind of big walls and a path that you could just walk through. That's our God. The same God that also told the Israelites to walk around Jericho and blow trumpets and the walls were just going to magically fall down. And they did. Like this is, this is our God. This is how big he is. This is how mighty he is. And the same God that saw you And saw the sin in this world and was so desperate to be back in a relationship. Like sometimes we don't get that perspective. We see sin enter the world and we're like, well, somebody had to make things right. No, 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 no. He didn't have to make things right. Jesus saw sin enter the world and I think what hurt him more than anything is that now there was distance in the relationship. That we can no longer be like how it was in the Garden of Eden where we could walk with him and talk with him and sin wasn't an issue. Sin wasn't even in the picture in the first two chapters of Genesis. So, so evil wasn't even in the world. And then when that entered the picture, it distorted this whole relationship and God goes, I gotta do something to make this right. Not because I have to but because it was designed to be a relationship with us. And the only way that we could be back in that relationship is if somebody lived a perfect life and paid the price for us. And so yes, you might look at this verse and you see some things or you're like, Taylor, it's a good verse, but, but I don't really know what you're talking about. I just want you to understand that there is a God who deserves your attention, who deserves your respect, who deserves your worship, who deserves your love, not because he's so prideful and that's what we're supposed to do. It's because he is so holy, he is so almighty, he is so big, and that he, as big as he is, yet still wants to know you intimately so that you guys can have a one-on-one -on -one relationship and walk through this life together. And it makes him a little upset when you decide to choose other things instead of this relationship. It makes him a little jealous. Like God is the opposite of sin. So when sin enters the picture, his wrath begins to burn. That, that devouring fire begins to burn. And he becomes jealous because he's like, if you would just look back to how it was supposed to be, it wouldn't be so hard. If you would just follow me, 
if you would just walk in this life with me, if you would just do this relationship, at some point you're going to have to make that decision. You're going to have to decide, do I, do I want to worship a God who desperately wants to be with me? Who desperately loves me? That he'd do anything to make it right. And that he gets jealous, not because he's just an envious God, but because he knows this is the way things were meant to be. And it hurts him to see us go down these different paths and choose other things that we think are going to be just as good. And they're not. And so he sits there patiently waiting. Because as you know, one of my favorite stories, just because you go down these paths doesn't mean he's just going to say, well, it was a good run. It's a good run, Taylor, but you decide to put idols above uh, me in your life, so don't think this is going to work out. God's not that way. He's jealous to get you back. He's jealous to show you his love. And just like the prodigal son, even if you run down the opposite way, he's still going to come running to you. I've been so challenged by this verse over the years, not just because it's just a small verse and it, it, it's, it's got good words, it's got big, no. When I start to unpack the meaning in it, when I start to see who this God really is, it begins to challenge me in a way that affects the rest of my life. Because what I also see in here is a God that cares enough to fight for you. That in this relationship, he's not just gonna be like, yes, I got Taylor, and I'm just so glad, and if he turns away, then I'll... You know, whatever. Now he watches Taylor, and when Taylor goes down this road and starts choosing other things than God, he, he's angry because the sin that I'm deciding to choose, he doesn't like the sin, but at the same time, I can see the picture of his heart just breaking that he's so jealous to get you back because he just wants you. So I don't, I don't know what you've walked in here with. I don't know what you're carrying in your heart. I don't even know if you came in this morning and go, I don't even know if this whole Jesus thing is anything I want to be a part of the rest of my life. I just hope to tell you through this verse that there's a God and there's a God that wants you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to do life with you. He wants to show you his love, his care. And I don't know what also you walk in here with, but he also wants to show you his forgiveness. But if you walk in here and you say, there's no way I can go back to God. Not with the things I've done, not with the thoughts I've had, not with the people I've hung out with. No, he's, he's a jealous God. He's waiting waiting for you to choose him, waiting for you to come back home. The Lord, your God, is a devouring fire, a jealous God.
And so to kind of illustrate this as we close here, I'm going to have Shannon come up here. She didn't know she was going to come up here, but I'm going to have her come up here because she was doing it earlier. So, But I think a lot of times when it comes to this relationship, what happens is it's kind of like what she was talking about earlier. I'm going to have Shannon put my AirPods in. If you don't know, I just got these this week, so I think it's the coolest thing. I think that's what happens when you get older. You get these new, like, technology things, and you're like, wow. You know, who knew you could put headphones in, and you literally cannot hear anything? It's like noise canceling. And so, uh, but this is how I imagine it. I'm just going to play some music at the same time. And what I'm also going to do, why don't you pull that, pull this out for a second so I can explain. I don't want her to not hear me. So, so what's going to happen is Shannon's going to put that in, and then she's going to play music, and then she's just going to kind of scroll up and down on my phone. It's just on Spotify. And I'm going to try to get her attention. And I'll kind of build up from there, and I might need your guys' help at some point. But we're going to see how long it takes for her to finally hear one of us um, to look up. So I'm not going to use the mic, because the mic you can probably hear. But maybe I'll start without the mic. Okay, so you can put that in, and, and you're going to play some music. And I'm going to turn or put this down for just a second. microphone. I think it's muted now. But, hey, Shannon, I want you to look up if you can hear me. Hey, Shannon, Oakley's crying. I don't know if she's laughing because she doesn't care or she can't hear me. (laughs) All right, now we're going to try one time with everybody, and we'll see if she can hear this. I would assume she could, But all you're going to do is I'll count down from three, and you're just going to say, hey, Shannon. We don't need to scream it and be, like, you know, so loud. But I think we're going to try to scream. We're going to have them scream, hey, Shannon, and you look up if you can hear it. Okay? Okay? So on the count of three, we're going to try this and see if she can hear it. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, Shannon. Wow. I can't believe these things. Did you hear any of that? Did you hear that at all? No. Okay. I really didn't. <laughs> so, thank you for your assistance. You're welcome. But, but I think in all that fun and craziness, and hey, I'm not going to let everybody put my AirPods in. Sorry. I don't want them in everybody's ears. But I think that's what happens so many times in this relationship, is that we put in, you want to say, our headphones. We fill our lives with other things that start to block God out a little bit. And so God's over here being this jealous God, and he's going, hey, hey, Taylor, I know you're doing this, but, but I really want you to come back to me. I really want to be in a relationship with you. And I'm just sitting there with my AirPods in, and I can't hear anything. And it's like, well, I think I hear something back here, but I'm not totally sure, so I'm not going to look. And, and he keeps kind of standing around, and he's, he's trying to get a hold of me. And it's like, eventually, as his, as his wrath kind of builds up and his anger because of the things I'm choosing to do, he just wants to get a hold of me. So maybe he comes up to me, kind of embraces me and hugs me, and I realize God's there, and I take out the AirPod, and he goes, Taylor, I just want you. 
And so I don't know what the AirPods are in your life. I don't know what those things are that you're blocking God out with. As he stands there maybe being jealous for you. I I don't know if it's your academics, your friends, your relationships, your sports. Maybe it's just your reputation. People knew as a Christian they wouldn't think the same of me. And so you've got those in, and God, as jealous as he is, stands there trying to get your attention, but we don't seem to hear him. This is the God we serve, and I challenge you, not only just today, but I challenge you, if you are in the situation right now where you're trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing, You're trying to decide if this is even something I want to do, if there's anything that I've hopefully tried to portray is that I want you to be real and honest. And if you want somebody to talk to and try to flesh these things out, I know Seth would be glad to. I know Shannon would be glad to. I know Dave would be glad to. I would be glad to. We just want you to realize that this is a God that is so in love with you and it is the best decision you can ever make. And I don't want you to walk out those doors just being another Sunday saying, well, I came to church and I did my thing. No, 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 no. I want you to wrestle with these things. And wrestling means being honest to say, I don't know if I want to do this. That's the best first step you can take. Be proactive in your relationship because there's a God who's waiting anxiously to do life with you. And I want you to be anxious to do life with him as well.